And hello and welcome everyone to another installment of the Comic Multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host Joel and joining me is my partner in comic book crime, my good friend. Uh, da, 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 da. I need to write down more <laughs> accolades for Yeah, there's there's plenty of stuff, but I feel like I'm giving you the same accolades. Ooh, Gundam enthusiast. Matt, everybody, a Fortress of Solitude fame. Look, I even got your channel name in that time. Gundam file. Oh no, that's a mm. bit too rapey. A little too much Gundam <laughs> file. Uh, there's a registry for the Gundam files. <laughs> we have to alert the neighborhood for coming. <laughs> you imagine that for if you had like a weird geek thing you had to tell the neighbors like hello everyone i'm a fan of doctor who look at my funny scarf yeah 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 thanks just you know don't don't go near the children <laughs> hello i'm big into power rangers i just watched the newest season did you know they work for a buzzfeed company this time okay sir please get off my lawn <laughs> please please how uh, how you been matt not too bad not too bad a little bit tired i had a big weekend where like i had a bunch of stuff happen like on the same couple of days mm. like family outings and gatherings and oh, stuff like good. that so I was, i'm pretty tired you uh you can do that in australia not here yes. i got all bundled up in canada to walk and do some errands i, I felt good because you know as my walking exercise i get it in i can do it in the winter and everything as i work out the whole keto thing this shirt used to be a lot tighter it's less tight now so i oh, guess it's doing good. okay that's that's, th that's a weird thing about working online and recording yourself as much as we do i can actually go back and be like hey am i uh am i less fat than i was a couple weeks ago <laughs> i think so <laughs> well there's that also that that age-old saying was that the camera adds 10 pounds uh, absolutely so you might not recognize right away. It's also funny, too. I can go way back in the videos and be like, wow, I was really a fat motherfucker back then. It's a good thing I changed that. And it's true of some of your favorite YouTubers, too. You look back and be like, man, they lost a lot of weight. Or, man, they really let themselves go at a point. Well, you can tell more or less now over the course of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you all have at least one YouTuber out there, streamer or something, where it's like, yep, they refuse to cut their hair, they got a big hobo beard going on, <laughs> and it's just like, wow, this has been a whole year, I guess I should do something about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dark Ballista there in the chat saying, first time catching us uh, live in a long time, well, glad you could make it. Thank cheers, you. cheers to you. Thank you. Yeah, my, uh, my week wasn't nearly as busy as yours, I, uh, again been trying to work my way through tv and everything there i took up your advice and i actually started watching uh your honor that uh brian cranston show yeah what do you think of it two episodes deep and it's pretty good what i dig about it is it captures that like really interesting thing that not every show can do right and like few shows actually attempt the whole people and characters getting things wrong not because they're stupid but because the good writing has them jump to crazy conclusions mm -hmm. yeah yeah which I really appreciate, and I'm sure you had the same moment I did watching this, where it's like, okay, but if it was me in this situation, what would I have done? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How yeah. how would I have gotten out of this trouble that I got myself into? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good show. It gets so much better towards the end as well, and I like that. It's set in New Orleans, and yes. I, I like they don't fall into the trope as well. It's set in New Orleans. We need to do, you know, Day of the Dead, yeah. you know, voodoo stuff. They don't do any of that. They, they do have that one actor from Treme who is like in every New Orleans thing and The Wire and everything else. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that's just a legal thing. I mean, you know, you gotta, <laughs> gotta get that guy in there at some point. Yes, yeah, so hello to the chat. Hello to everyone who's uh, coming in late and everything there. Uh, 
what else did I do this week? Uh, oh, I tried to uh, do the, uh, what is it? Uh, I, I thought, you know, I haven't played an MMO in for years, and someone told me that uh, Final Fantasy Online there, you could actually play for free mm-hmm. for a good amount of time. Yeah, for up to level 60. Something like that. Tried to fuck around with that, but never actually got it started because apparently the Square Enix account is really fucking annoying. And yes, if you get yes, it on it Steam, it's not the same as a free player. So I'm just yeah. like, oh, God, fuck this. Yeah. Just flip the whole table. Then I I'm did like, the you know exact what? same thing, like, I think started last year because I wanted to try it. And it, yes, exact same thing. I only got my Square Enix account <coughs> to play avengers the game there and oh boy was that well done <coughs> you know i uh, i don't regret that decision at all yeah you might have to walk me through it at some point because yeah i'd like to give that a try especially because i got a couple days to burn before the next game i want to play which is persona 5 strikers again this week is just filled with me being stupid and my brain going to mush because i download the game and be like oh cool i'll let it load uh, over till midnight and i can play it because it comes out on the 20th right it only comes out on the 20th uh, if you, like, pre-ordered the extra special edition. Everyone oh, else what, has to wait really? till the 23rd. Yes. Ooh, that sucks. So I downloaded on the 20th, stayed awake until midnight. I'm like, oh, cool, can't wait to play it. Uh, come back later, dummy. <laughs> that sucks. I Very much so. I games do that, that early access thing if you buy the bullshit expensive yeah. top class edition. Mm-hmm. I hate that. You get to play a couple days. Yeah, I never play that game of the whole exclusivity bullshit i never like to do that though uh one fun thing i did get to do is that i'm sure you do because you have a switch as well when you buy a game you get like those gold coins i've mm-hmm. never bothered to actually turn those in yeah. i did for this so i got 20 bucks off on yeah, the game at I, least i did that for what game was it that i did that for can't remember what it was but yeah i ended up getting like like 10 or 15 dollars off the game and i was pleasantly Feels surprised good feels good yeah yeah turn turn in your nintendo bucks your bison <laughs> dollars there get some money back <laughs> but yeah so a lot of my week involves starting projects that i never actually finished if you couldn't <laughs> tell that was my week everyone just a whole big going nowhere but i ate some chicken tonight and that was good That's some good. grocery store chicken <laughs> so i didn't have to cook anything so that felt good nice uh anything else to report or was that just the weeks as they were yeah no i just had like a busy week uh end of the week last week and yeah it said he just sort of finished today so yeah mm. i got a lot of catching well, up to do on comics yeah i know right it just it doesn't freaking stop i looked at my pile and i thought i was making like uh making you know good uh, progressions <laughs> in there and then i looked back at i'm like oh fuck i got three captain americas i haven't uh reviewed yet <laughs> i've read two of them and a new one came out this week, but it's been so long, I don't even remember what happened in the other two. So I'm like, oh, fuck me. Do I got to go back and read them? <laughs> See, this is the dangerous point reviews where I'm like, look, if I got to go back and reread some stuff for videos, either I'm going to wait till the arc is done and make a video out of all of it, or I'm going to stop. So this is the dangerous make or break time for that yeah. series, Yeah, <laughs> which I do enjoy. But uh, yeah, we got news, everyone. We got some comic reviews so you know lots of lots of good stuff to look forward to and hey before we do any of that time to pay the bills matt time to pay the bills time to pay the bills everyone and our wonderful sponsor this week is again wild bill craft soda i have uh what is it there wonderful 
copper drink can in front of me right now. If you love craft soda, if you love drinks that taste good and also remind you of a simpler, better time when we could go out to conventions and music festivals and outdoor events in general, oh boy, you got to get yourself a Wild Bill soda is what you got to get. Uh, they were kind enough to partner with us. They're great partners. They take care of us. And for everything you buy off them, we actually get a little cut of the action on that one. So you get something nice. We get something nice. And it's just real, real good in general. And if you use our promo code, which will be down in the description or flashing up on screen at some point, you'll be able to actually get yourself a wonderful little discount thanks to your friends at the Comic Multiverse, our gift to you. And, uh, yeah, have a, have a drink on us, everyone, and let us hope that at some point we can have a drink in the real world, not this, you know, weird, time-losing Matrix world of the pandemic and of the quarantine <laughs> when I still can't believe it's Sunday again when it's Sunday. Yeah, hopefully one day soon. Hopefully as well, because we're getting the vaccines out there at the moment. Absolutely. So. Here's the hope. And again, too, you know, uh, thank you everyone who has been buying the Wild Bill Soda. One of the cool things about this is that this is one of the only sponsors who's actually given me the ability to track what people are buying. So I know you are buying stuff, and thank you. <laughs> it is always, always appreciated. So with that, I guess we can hop into the news from this week, Matt, and there was a surprising amount of it. There was. But not a lot of it got the fanfare that I thought. But hey, you know, that's that's why we got this show. Yeah, the world had a little bit more pressing matters with texas yeah. being turned into an ice cube and all this stuff yeah. you know and they're uh they're politicians pulling a fucking mayor quinby yeah. <laughs> on them now i uh, or, uh through this crisis i will be working for you hey get that steel drum out of the mayor's office <laughs> Man, uh, I, I love that we can all collectively, you know, just dunk on that goblin of a man that is Ted uh, Cruz. Yeah, the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> With an ugly wife. But don't tell him his wife is ugly or he'll just, you know, worship the ground you walk on. Yeah. Be be careful. And then he will throw his daughters under that bus <laughs> that is coming at him. <laughs> throw them down on that ground because he's just the worst fucking person. But, uh... Again, yeah, if, if you are a fan from Texas, and I know we have a fair amount of fans from Texas, I hope you are doing all right. Hopefully, yeah. I, yeah, I hope you're staying warm. Big up to our friend, you know, Josh from the Capes and Quest show. I know we all made a point uh, to check on him in our own group chat and be like, hey, man, you all right? <laughs> we are thinking about you. I know there's not much we can do at this point, but if there's anything digitally we can do for you, we will try. Yeah. Yeah, here's hoping y'all stay uh, safe out there. But, uh, yeah, so we got some news going on here. And our first piece of news is a super family-adjacent piece of news. So I'm actually going to let you take the reins on this one, Matt. What uh, what happened in the world of Superman this week that's got people interested and got people excited? Um, Well, Supergirl got cast in the Flash movie because the Flash movie is no Ooh. longer a Flash movie. Yeah, no, not at all. Apparently, we're going to get Michael Keaton Batman. We're going to get a brand new Supergirl, and maybe if there's time, a small cameo by the Choker himself, Ezra Miller. <laughs> but only a small cameo. Man, I wonder if because that video surfaced, is that why they're actively trying to downplay his involvement? I wonder. I wonder. You have to wonder, eh? Because like, they're getting all, all these big people in around this movie, to, and it seems like they're trying to sell it on that, not that it's nah. a Flash movie cyborg was also apparently supposed to be in the movie at some point but all that stuff with fisher just continues yeah. to get you know just shudderier and shudderier so yeah, he ain't gonna be in this film <laughs> no he's not gonna be but at one point he was 
and there was going to be this. So uh, what uh, what do we know about this actress uh, that they cast? Uh, Sasha Kale, I think Kale Cole is her name. Um, right. I, I, I have no idea who she is or where she's from. I think she's from like Days of Her Lives or something. Yes, yes. Um, so but I haven't seen idea. her in anything. Uh, so I, I can't really gauge if she's like a good match or anything. But did you see the video of her getting told? Yes, that, that was very nice. That was, it was very nice, yeah. She was very excited. And, of course, the internet responded to this young woman's joy, as it so often does. Latina woman can't be super girl. Yes, because no Hispanic person can ever be blonde. Let me let me introduce you to a little woman named Cameron Diaz, everybody. <laughs> Not only I, I don't that, know. she's playing an alien. Also that, but also still, literally, there are Latinos and Latinx all over the goddamn world. They come in every form. Mm -hmm. The mayor of Peru at one point, I think his name was Fujimoto. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff going on. But, uh, yeah, so this is interesting. Do we think this is going to be a multiversal uh, Supergirl? Or do you think this is going to be like the introduction of an actual official Supergirl in this movie world? Well, a while ago... Like, I think started last year, maybe the year before, there was talk about them shelving the movie Superman mm, and, yes, I remember and picking this. up on Supergirl yes, and, yes. and focusing on her stuff, basically just getting rid of Cavill's stuff for when they do the reboot. Um, yes, yes. And, I do remember this. That was a, They were also mentioning Valzod at that yep. time. They were also mentioning mentioning like a bunch of weird stuff where they're like, yeah, we basically have no idea what to do with Superman anymore. So how do we reinvent the wheel? Which is hilarious because we're getting Superman on television. <laughs> yeah, this week. I know. Yeah. Um, and I again, I think maybe that's also like a factor into it. we got a Superman on TV. Why do we need one in film? quite possibly i mean they're like look they see the the nerds seem to like the tv guy so let's have our cake and eat it too i mean if dc is serious about this whole omniverse concept that they've been parroting forever now maybe this is their first step into doing Mm it yeah maybe quite possibly i mean yeah i don't hate the idea either i know uh you pitched an interesting idea too where it's like okay supergirl is hispanic now which wonderful hispanic actors would we cast to be superman if he eventually showed up i said gabriel luna because he never got to be ghost rider for his own television show i think that would be a hell of a steal to be like yeah well now he's our young hip superman cast cast oscar oscar isaac that too i mean he he can be in everything it's fine yeah he's fine yeah more oscar isaac more oscar isaac and everything please he's not busy i'm sure he's in a million projects but sure hey you want to be superman (laughs) i mean that's one of those calls when they ask you hey do you want to be james bond hey do you want to be superman where it's like well i can't say no to that no yeah because that's just an exclusive club also too i mean the bar is not exactly super high for you know the cinematic versions of supergirl so i'm sure this lady will knock it out of the park yeah we only had one other film beforehand (laughs) yeah and it wasn't great and to think we had multiple seasons of a television show too which means that you know for the general public there is a hunger for supergirl because they watched her adventures on tv and liked her and are wondering when she's going to be in a movie exactly which is crazy to think yeah that those shows are really doing their job and helping to, you know, get people interested in, like, new characters. Yeah, it would be. It, it's interesting as well because this is for the Flash film, but the Flash has a TV show. And for all intents and purposes, the Flash TV show is more popular than the yeah. movie version. 
so it's it's going to be interesting i wonder if they're also going to reference what happened in crisis because both yeah. flashes met in crisis they did and apparently he only got the name to be the flash because yeah. of grant gustin yeah i have to imagine that has to factor into it oh who even knows at this point yeah it's all just kind of a mess it's like you just, just got to take them as they come right <laughs> well the first flash film is them resetting everything well apparently resetting everything. amazing amazing that doesn't sound tedious at all. Again, no. this this to me represents the worst parts of comic book movies taking storytelling and like, you know, literary devices from the comic books. And that it's like, no, 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 you just can't keep hitting the cosmic reset button every time and say, but the comics do it. Yeah, and it annoys us when they do that. <laughs> Stop using reboots and recasting and multiverse. Well, not only that, using it so early. Yeah, like, so like, early like, and to get out of easy problems. Like the Marvel Cinematic Universe waited, what, like 20-odd films before introducing yeah. the multiverse factors and everything, time travel. Whereas Flash, first film, what number is it on? Is that up to in DC films? Six, I don't seven, even... eight? I don't know. De depends how you count. Yeah, I guess. And again, with the added bonus of what are these all building towards? You know, at least with the Marvel movies, they're all building to the next Adve Avengers or the next big crossover. What are these DC ones building towards? Because it seems like you're building to nothing, but it seems like you want to be building to something. But they don't know what they want to be building to until no. it comes up. And then they're like, uh, Darkseid. Oh, yeah, like we that. can't do him. Oh, what do we do next? Oh, Doomsday. Oh, can't do him. <laughs> Oops. Like, doesn't that seem like a problem in, like, a whole you're building your universe on shifting sands and everything? Mm -hmm. Like, one of the reasons that the Marvel movies are so popular is that they've basically created this self-sustained motion machine, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, you don't have to see them all, but know that we're building to something and that there will ultimately be some sort of payoff. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even know if I trust the DC movies to be more standalone. Again, take Joker, for instance, where it's like, when I went into that movie, I'm like, well, at least it'll be, you know, self-contained and everything. Oh, oh, it has a sequel hook at the end. What? <laughs> That's weird. Why did they do that? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Because everything has to be I, a series I, And then, then also you've got, like, the TV versions are a bit more popular than the movie versions because mm -hmm. the TV versions are getting the, getting it right there they're building up towards events like crisis of infinite earths and whatnot that's true yeah exactly the cw shows and i'm sure they never started with that in mind their only no, goal was no. to make good tv and finish out their seasons but you're right by the end they figured out that too where it's like let's tell good stories with good characters and then you know we'll funnel that in to a big event where again the big events were even so much about payoff is just about blow-off, where it's like, won't this be freaking cool if we do this? They would get good payoff in there sometimes, but mostly it was just about having a fun blow-off. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, the philosophy was different. Yeah. I don't understand. And it's the same company, more or less. So I yeah. don't understand how it's not working for the movie side. The lack of philosophy is really the problem, and that is you don't seem to have one. No, no. You should, you should maybe figure out what you want to be before you make the next movie. And I mean, that could really be, you know, like a complaint of a lot of, you know, the modern era of DC movies. And that is, what do you want to be? Mm -hmm. I don't think you know what you want to be. No. Uh, but you know what I know, Matt? What's that? DC announced 11 new books for 2021. 
Though, interestingly, they got very little fanfare but because it was on that stream that I didn't even know what was happening until it was over. Yeah, no, I didn't even know it was happening either. What what happened to Fandome? Shouldn't this have been a Fandome? Are we already done with Fandome? Yes. <laughs> Remember when Fandome was big, everyone, and they made a big deal of it? And like, oh, it'll be a hub for movies and comics and everything. Ah, we'll just announce the new Supergirl here. We'll announce 11 comics over here, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it seems to be. But I will say, some of the new titles they announced look pretty damn interesting. Yeah, they're actually not all Batman books. There's some Batman books, but they're yeah. not all Batman books. Well, you know, you gotta pepper Batman in. Batman's a seasoning, don't you know? But you don't want to go too heavy on the Batman. <laughs> oh, tell that to, like, at the moment, they've got over 20 mm. Batman books going, so, you know. Batman pays the bills. Batman <laughs> keeps the lights on here and pays for the riskier stuff. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I, I got the full list in front of me here of some titles. Uh, starting off, we got Deathstroke, Inc. Keep in mind... They mostly just announced titles, very little on creative teams, very little on what the books are actually about. But we can extrapolate, Matt. We're masters of extrapolation. Yeah, we'll, we'll most likely get the whole plot down. Yeah, let's yeah, let's try that. Let's, let's come back to this in a couple months, everyone, and see how close we are. So we got Deathstroke, Inc., which, again, sounds very much like Batman, Inc. Is Deathstroke going to be bringing together a bunch of assassins from all over the DC Universe to create his own company? Sounds exactly like that. Yeah, he's going to create his own company. It's going to be Deathstroke. It's going to be Assassins Incorporated across the world. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. There's a lot of cool assassins like Bronze Tiger and Lady Vic, you know, who I think never get enough time. But to have a book that's solely just about assassins is pretty solid. Yeah, that's cool. Hell, uh, James Tynan invented some new assassins early on in his run. Yeah, could have Ghostmaker and all those mm. people come up. A lot of places you could go that I also like the idea of, you know, Deathstroke, who's always kind of been an old guy in the comics, for him to be like, ah, oh, I'm getting too old. Yeah, and I need replacements. Gotta start outsourcing this shit to other people. <laughs> I got, I gotta train the next generation of assassins, you know, I need to be, uh, what is it, a, a locker room leader to all these little killers out there. <laughs> You know, somewhere out there, there's little Billy with a switchblade, and, you know, he's just a little psychopath now, but with the right, you know, training and helping out, he'll be the next great killer for hire. <laughs> oh, God, I hope he makes, like, recruitment videos. Are you an asshole? Do you care very little about life? Do you love money and eye patches? <laughs> well, boy, do I have a job for you. <laughs> He goes to malls and starts recruiting people. Yeah, yeah he's handing out the pamphlets. And... <laughs> it's like on one side is him, the American military, on the other, and the American military is like, you're making us look bad, slave. <laughs> what can you offer me that they can't? Fun costumes, sweet. <laughs> that's what I got. So yeah, that's, uh, that's Deathstroke Inc., not too bad. Uh, Harley Quinn animated series sequel. So we are actually, the show is so popular now, we're actually getting a comic book continuation before season three even I, starts. I'm surprised that it took so long. Likewise, you figure they would have thrown that into production right away. That also means we're going to have two Harley books going on. One in the main universe continuity, one in the TV show continuity. Technically, we have three. Oh, what's the third one I'm missing? Uh, red, white, and black. Oh, yeah, that one's kind of uh, out of continuity. Those are, like, smaller stories, but yeah. still. 
I, I like the sound of this. I hope they get some writers for the show, though, because that always bugs me when they do a show continuation or tie-in in comic form and they don't get anyone who worked on the show to yeah, work on I, it. I have a feeling they'll, they'll have the, the show writers writing it. Probably all the stuff they couldn't do in season one. Probably. This will be cool, too, because we'll get to see, you know, the Harleyverse version of other characters, I'm sure. They got yeah. a big list of, like, okay, we haven't been able to get to these yet, but you can do them in the in the book, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wonder what the book version of Rachel Ghoul is like or something like that. <laughs> What's the weird comedy version of him that he's just, like, a weird old man who's out of touch with everything? <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I dig it. Uh, what else we got after that? We got the Wonder Woman 80th anniversary title because Batman got one, Superman got one. Only makes sense that she's going to get isn't one. This, isn't this the thing that it was meant to come out a while ago and it got pushed was back it? or like postponed or something? I, I remember re- hearing something about a Wonder Woman book that was meant to, it was like ready to come out and then just got postponed for something. Mm-hmm. You might be onto something, perhaps. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Wonder Woman thing. Well, glad she's finally going to get it. And it's an interesting time for Wonder Woman, too, as a lot of the books have been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually just finished the Future State book before we hopped on here, and I'm like, man, this is good. It's really good. Really good. Looks nice, too. So, yeah, you got more Wonder Woman coming your way. Elseworld, which is supposed to be one half of the new center of the new DC Omniverse, so it's just a book called Elseworld, which, I don't know, will it take place on Elseworld? Will it be a collection of Elseworld stories? Will it be a continuation of that Sergeant Rock stuff we saw? This the, this book was an absolute given. Mm. This book wrote itself into existence when, when Literally. Scott Snyder mentioned it. Yeah, without a doubt. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the idea that this exists. I always liked the idea of Elseworld titles, so it's cool to see it come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got DC Vampires, which they promise is a working title. <laughs> yeah, again, it's probably going to be like Deceased, but with vampires. That's fine. Get the Red Rain Can... Batman back and uh, all that sort of there stuff. There you go. Will Tom Taylor be writing this too? <laughs> <laughs> is this the next part of Deceased? Imagine if this was actually Deceased part like four or five, where it's like, look, we defeated the zombies, this is that, but that then. the threat that they saw on the Metron? Yes. On the Mobius chair? <laughs> <laughs> we defeated the zombies, but then the vampires the space came. vampires came. <laughs> no one could be prepared for the vampire. Oh, as long as it's the weird vampires Grant Morrison made for his uh, Green Lantern run recently. Oh, yeah. The Dark Stars. They were really weird, and they were really great. And then Frankensteins came, and they knew Kung Fu. <laughs> Look, geez, Tom, it's okay to stop after three. You don't have to keep going. <laughs> no, but I do, though. I got some great ideas from the creature of the Black Lagoon. You got no idea. Uh, then we got Robin and Batman, which I feel like you and I kind of willed this one into existence, Matt, because we've been saying forever, how long is it going to be before we get another Batman and Robin book? Well, again, this again, this one was kind of a given, given how everything has shifted uh, in, in to go, go into Infinite Frontier. This mm-hmm. feels like it was a given given we've got a robin book now yeah we've got the batman uh with tim drake back as robin makes sense this sounds like a continuation of that i wouldn't be shocked if joshua williamson was writing this one Mm -hmm. as well because it seems they got a whole plan of it robin's gonna get backups then he's gonna get his own solo series then we're gonna have this but oh look we switched it around instead of batman and robin now it's robin and batman Uh oh I can see Damien being that, like, look, I'll work together with you again, Father, but look, I gotta get top billing now. Yeah, 
I gotta get. I gotta be top of the poster. It's in. It's in my rider. I gotta be in there, and I. I gotta get green M and M's in my uh, dressing room, or else. <laughs> That's what the series is gonna be. It's just Damien being a fucking huge diva. <laughs> I asked for mineral mineral water, you idiot, and throwing it at key grips. <laughs> I'd read that. Uh, then we got Joker, a puzzle box, which sounds very much like a black label to me. Yep. Maybe this will be another Jeff Lemire thing. He was kind of doing like a weird Joker trilogy. Yeah, I will hope it is that his uh, yeah. his uh, Killer Smile trilogy was damn awesome. Very interesting. Then we got the Legend of Batman, which could either again be a black label title or maybe another anthology because we oh. greenlit no less so than like was, three yeah, new this, anthologies. If this is an anthology, that would be Batman's fourth or fifth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, uh, it's like people say in the comic industry, everyone has at least one Batman story. Apparently, DC is testing that theory <laughs> that everyone see, has one Batman story in them. Did, did you see that uh, Tom Taylor's Batman book got renamed because uh, another Batman book got announced with the same name or a similar name? Oh, shit. Yeah, his was Legends of the Dark Knight, wasn't it? Yeah, and then uh, another one came out with i think the exact same title so they renamed his book to the detective oh yeah well that's good yeah yeah that's not confusing at all again too legend of the dark knight that's reference an even older batman story yeah <laughs> uh that's crazy uh crush and lobo which again seems to be another team-up piece Crush was, of course, the daughter of Lobo, Zarnian, in the Glass Titans book that I never bothered to read, but apparently she has a big fan following. Because why wouldn't she? Because she a big titty goth GF, so why not? <laughs> I mean, those always do good on the internet. Look, I, I, I know my nerds. I know my people. <laughs> you're wonderful, but you're often predictable. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I am too. But yet not enough to actually read anything about Crush. This... This book also seems like a no-brainer where it's like, hey, you know what people really like in fiction right now? Uh, they like The Last of Us and The Mandalorian and News of the World stories of gruff father figure types, you know, who have to adopt, you know, uh, young wards and, you know, through their help, you know, warm their hearts and everything and, you know, make them more human and relatable. <laughs> yeah, everything Lobo is known for doing absolutely <laughs> oh you know that's a direction they're going into it's like oh you know will fatherhood change lobo either that or they looked over at what uh marvel was doing with eddie brock and venom it's like huh you reinvented a character from the 90s who's kind of thin and very you know poorly written for much of his career yet still somehow beloved you made him a father and it changed everything huh maybe we should do that <laughs> that sounds like a good idea <laughs> Also, thank you, uh, Kit and it's Kit gone. Cat Sneak Attack. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's a good name, actually. <laughs> as as you can tell, everyone, Joel can't read. You know, which is weird <laughs> for a guy who does comics for a living. I mostly just look at the pictures and make up the rest. <laughs> the Zack Snyder approach. Yeah, and shockingly, I've been right for you know a very long time. I'm surprised too. <laughs> uh but yeah crush and lobo i might actually pick that one up if they get a worthwhile creative team on that one that actually sounds have to kind of interesting me. yeah yeah because it's like i love lobo but lobo is a silly joke that works in small doses mm -hmm. a fact of which like even the character is aware of that in story that he's that works in small doses yeah while still maintaining who he is 
Uh, all right. Then we got Nubia and the Amazons. Again, I just finished reading that Nubia back up in Immortal Wonder Woman. Yeah, she is so ready for a series. Yeah, yeah. They, they, well, they set her up, basically, in that Future State book. Cheat her up so well. Here's her universe. Here are her supporting characters. Here is how she is different than Diana, yet still very much a Wonder Woman. Yeah, different from Diana and different from Yara. Yeah, and yet very much her own thing. And hey, we're going to bench this in a completely different mythology. And hey, we're going to give her villains like Grail, too, because she ain't doing nothing with Grail. Yeah. And hey, Cersei can pop in, too. All sorts of characters can pop in. It's great. <laughs> uh, what else do we got then after that? Something called DC Middle Ages. Yeah, now everyone assumes this is about, like, the medieval thing, but it's just about middle-aged DC heroes. <laughs> They're old and fat and divorced and yeah. making, you know, mortgage payments. Written by Mark Russell. <laughs> hey, I could totally dig that. Yeah, just superheroes just being like, oh, God, I found a great pube today. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, God, I got to go get a rectal exam and everything. They say you're supposed to get one every year. Oh, no, I got the cancer. <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? Hey, Superman, you can do amazing things. Can you cure my ass cancer? <laughs> Either that, or again, it's like knights and armor and shit, and maybe they're doing something with Shining Knight, who's, I guess, kind of popular now off the back of uh, Stargirl. Yeah, I could see that. Something with Camelot and stuff like that. Yeah, Etrigan. Yeah. yeah. You could do that. They've, they've toyed with that concept every so often. As the mm -hmm. chat says, Demon Knights is a book that has a real big uh, cult following all this time later. Yep. Maybe bring back some of those characters. I did love Vandal Savage in that book as, like, Conan the Barbarian. It was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. Again, all the immortal characters. Uh, ba -dum -ba -dum. And, yeah, that's uh, that's the 11 new titles and most of what we know well, on it. But also, hey, there was more. Yeah, there was, as per the picture on the screen. Yes. I'll, I'll let you take a point on this one, Matt. What do we know about Batman 89 and Superman 78? Uh, they're continuations of those movies. Friggin' dope. Yeah, the the Batman one's been written by Sam Hamm, who wrote screenplay for Batman 89 and Batman Returns. Hey. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's come back to finish up, I guess, his arc on those on those movies um, with Joe, Joe Quino's on art. Again, that's a guy who pitched a Batman 89 book a long time ago. Like, people who don't know, th these two books have been pitched for decades. Yes, I remember this, actually. To think we got Batman 66 before this. Yeah, like, not a year goes by when these two books don't get pitched. And it's only now that they got, I guess, greenlit. Hey, I guess the upside of the DC Omniverse, hey, we can do whatever we want, and if people like it, here you go. Uh, yeah, so we saw we saw some art from <coughs> Batman 89, and it uh, looked fantastic. We, we, looks really we, good. Uh, Joe Quinos is basically marring uh, comic book stuff with, like, Keaton Batman, like, mm. uh, bringing in some stuff from, like, Toyline that never got into those movies. Yes. Uh, the Gordon now looks like a cross between the animated series Gordon and the one from the films. I did see that. That's pretty sick. We also got to see the Joker gang. And, oh, look, yeah. Prince is a member yeah. of the Joker gang. Yeah. That's pretty good. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, other villains and other scenarios through the lens of Batman 89. Like, yeah. what would it have looked like if uh, Burton had gotten to make them? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm really excited about, going, especially since it's going to be after Returns. Like, what happens after that? Yeah, these uh these covers look really nice too. Like I would totally hang these as posters. Yeah, they do look really nice. Yeah. And again, digital first books. 
hey, there you go. Again, more big muscle for that digital line, as we keep saying, digital is the future, and this is totally the sort of stuff they should be printing digitally. Yeah, uh, on the Superman side of stuff, uh, Robert Vendetti is uh, taking hey. Superman stuff. It's uh, Pergo Superman. Uh, oh, what is the artist's name? I always get his name wrong. I'm blanking on his name. What is it? Wilfredo Torres, I believe his right. name is. He's Sounds a fantastic familiar. artist. He's a fantastic artist. He shared some pages as well, uh, and and this one isn't taking place after after the Superman movies. It's taking place between uh, Superman one and two. Oh, interesting. Which is, I guess, a sizable amount of time. It it kind of depends because if it, yeah, it if it takes place between them, it means that it's going off the theatrical cuts and not the Donner mm. cut because the Donner cut takes place immediately after the right. first one. So it means they're going for the Richard Lester ones, which is kind of weird. But then I, I guess maybe we're going to get a retelling of that, and it'll be right. A bit better. Maybe that's cool. Yeah, I, I I hope that gets a good long run too, because I would love to see what weird seventies version of like Metallo or the Parasite yeah, would be. Yeah, yeah, Brainiac and all that. And as Vendetti has shown, he knows Superman. This isn't even his first digital Superman book. He that, did that other one that I, I enjoyed. Think maybe quite a lot. that one was like a trial run maybe maybe uh, like do him do like that that those men are tomorrow stories and then he gets this he gets superman he gets one and done storytelling i'm about it yeah yeah so that's pretty good and then if this also calls in the question like if these are popular what else are we going to get are we going to get a shazam 70s series based <laughs> on that tv show a one, do people like a really want that the wonder woman one Okay, that Wonder Woman continuation will be okay, but I would actually say base it now, so it's just Linda Carter Wonder Woman now. <laughs> Are they going to cross over? I would like that very much. Oh, yeah, crossover between these two? Fuck, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. The crossover we never got but always wanted. Yes, yes. Man, make it a whole holy trinity. Batman 89, Superman 78, and Wonder Woman, whenever the Carter show was. 70-something. Yeah. yeah, again, make it the Holy Trinity crossover we never got. Yep. Man, that'd be so fucking dope, actually. You know, if these sell well, they'll do that. Oh, of course they will, yeah. I mean, that Batman 66, I didn't read much of it, but it had a long run. Apparently it was pretty good, yeah. Yeah, people were liking it, people were digging it. I love when they did, uh, what is it, the uh, 66 version of Bane. I thought that was very fun. It was pretty cool. That was really good. I, I dug the shit out of that. But, uh, yeah, so this is looking like good, good stuff. Nice nice mix of titles, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Again, not more Batman stuff. Just it's a nice mixture. Some stuff that we kind of knew was already happening, like the Elseworlds yeah. stuff. But, yeah, it's good to see it being, like, kind of confirmed. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again there. You know, if there's one upside of the Omniverse, it's, uh, you know, more more experimentation. Yeah, absolutely. And less being afraid with some more stuff there. Uh, <laughs> Batman 66 with Burt Ward as Nightwing. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> and uh, saying it would be Wonder Woman 77. Did okay, he never cool. go Nightwing in, t in that series? In that oh, God, no. No? Oh, that's a shame. I, I would have thought that would have progressed to that far. Yeah, I mean, he was already basically an adult Burt Ward. Shit, I don't even <laughs> think... Nightwing wasn't even invented by that point, I think. Yeah, well, that, that's what it would have been really interesting. It would have been like... The 60s version of Nightwing, mm. which would have been his 70s costume, but with a higher collar. With the big ass collar and everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all right, then. So what do we else got going on here? Hey, from one universe to another, here's something we almost never talk about, but it was burning up the internet, so I felt we we must, Matt. We simply must. Todd McFarlane announces his brand new publishing initiative, The Spawn Shared Universe. Which is really surprising to me because I thought this already existed. Same. I'm like, didn't didn't you do this in the night? Why why are you treating this like this is new? You yeah. you did this before. There was a bunch of Spawn books running concurrently at one point, and McFarlane in his classic McFarlane way is like, no, it's not. Mm-mm, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I guess if you keep saying it wasn't, I guess I guess I'll agree it wasn't. <laughs> Look here, take an action figure. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, the, the concept behind it is actually fairly interesting, and like as much as we dunk on Todd McFarlane for saying and doing stupid things, the fact is the guy has a good mind for business and always has. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a millionaire multiple times over, one of the last left standing after the original image for a reason. Mm-hmm. And his idea here with Spawn is basically him saying, you know, I, uh, I, I, I want to help create the next generations of superstars. You know, I look at the comic landscape today and I don't, uh, I don't see any Seth MacFarlane's. You know, I don't see anyone like me. I want to help create the next sex, uh, Seth MacFarlane. Which is a nice... Sorry, Todd McFarlane, not Seth McFarlane. What the fuck am I saying? Same same thing, same thing. Yeah, yeah, Todd McFarlane looked out in the universe and said, man, you know, I'm not seeing the family guy guy enough here in things. I need to create the next family guy guy. God, I'm fucking stupid. (laughs) Wow, I kept that going for way too long. Fuck me, I'm dumb. (laughs) This is what quarantine is doing to my brain, everyone. I can't keep the McFarlanes apart. But yes, basically, Todd McFarlane said, and it was kind of nice, this idea where he's like, yeah, he wants to help elevate, uh, you know, uh, creative talent, be they writers and artists. And again, a lot of the names on the shortlist for people he mentioned are people we know, like Donny Cates and Mm -hmm. Alice Cott, and uh, I'm sure more people I'm missing. The idea being that, you know, they're going to create a bunch of, you know, Spawn titles that are going to be intersectional. There's going to be the main Spawn book. Spawn King of Hell, She Spawn, who we're seeing here again, very, very original name, and uh, The Gunslinger. Yeah. That are all going to be crossing over and sharing time there. And it's like, okay, that's that's kind of interesting. And it's something that only McFarlane could do because he owns Spawn in the Spawn universe, lock, stock, and barrel. And if he wants to say, yeah, I want to create a new line with a bunch of new writers and artists, he can do that. Yeah, he's controlling everything, which, which is kind of good as well because it's not like a like a dc thing where there's multiple facets and different people running different divisions and all that sort of stuff yeah um but yeah this this sounds quite interesting i i've always wanted to to read the spawn comics but the the numbering is is like kind of intimidating because it's up to like issue 300 or something now so i'm like oh i don't want to read 300 issues to catch up I mean, I read it back in the day when it reached its first original end and haven't read it since. And I don't feel like I'm missing anything, honestly. Yeah. That's that's the other thing about this and what we're eventually going to come back to. Well, I think it's super awesome that McFarlane is like, yeah, I want to create the next McFarlane. You know, I want to, you know, uplift this generation of young creators using my, you know, uh, stock and high standards as McFarlane. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, uh, high stock and standards? I think... <laughs> Like, yes, McFarlane, you did a lot of great stuff <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah, you made a lot of money on toys and merchandising and back, uh, you know, back deals and everything. But, I mean, are you are you the creative juggernaut you think you are, Todd? <laughs> I don't think you are. Like, Spawn especially when he's this like... this generation's Shakespeare, Joel. You just don't get it. 
I just, you know, you might be onto something. I just don't get it. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to elevate guys like Donny Cates. I think Donny Cates did a pretty good job elevating himself. Yeah. I think he already made himself into one of the hottest commodities in comic books right now. I don't think he needed Spawn to get there. I think he just did it because he's great and would have done it anyway. But yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it speaks volumes to how much a generation of comic creators really love and respect McFarlane and are willing to jump at the chance to work in this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here, here's another thing, too, for all this talk about, yeah, you know, I want to uplift and help build new creators and everything by playing in my Spawn universe. Uh, do you maintain all the rights to everything they create? Because that's a real sticking point for Image and something you guys all thought about back in the days, and I know you probably want to maintain the toy rights to everything they create, because that's where your bread gets buttered the most, and I just hope this doesn't turn into an ugly legal battle, like everything Todd McFarlane does, because he gets sued all the time by everybody. He gets sued by his friends, he gets sued by business associates, he gets sued <laughs> by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, yeah I, have a fi- yeah, I have a feeling that these people are just going to be, like, creating characters and then Todd will just, like, they'll, they'll write them for, like, an arc and then Todd will just do whatever he wants with them. Well, because that's what he did back in the day, you know, hey, you know, Morrison, hey, you know, uh, Neil Gaiman, do you want to come in and write a thing for Spawn? Cool. Hey, you know, Image Rules, you get to keep the rights to everything you create. Oh, did I say that? What I actually meant is mine, 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 mine toy money mine is what i meant to say okay tell you what neil i'll give you the rights to miracle man okay so i lied about having the rights to miracle man and strung you along for years in this legal battle oops <laughs> and then nothing happened with miracle man what's up with that yeah well it looked like there was something going to be happening with marvel i think and then nothing and they just happened. didn't yeah dc put yeah, out we... like a big book about him I, th- I think it was dc might have been marvel and then yeah, yeah. nothing happened that always stuck in my craw that after that big legal battle and all that pissing back the, back and forth between all these people, we just didn't get uh, was it? We just didn't get Miracle Man in anything. No, that bugged me. As the chat is saying there, what about that Spawn reboot movie? Yeah, what about yeah. that? Is that still happening? Is that maybe another big reason why he wanted to do this to drum up interest for that <laughs> I, movie that again, may or may I've, not become? He keeps stringing you along with that. Like every couple of months, he'll come out with something. He was like, "Oh yeah, I met Jamie Fox one time. He's going to play. Uh, he's going to play Spawn. He's he's cool." <laughs> when I say I met. Bye, everybody. Yeah, when I say I met him one time, he was peeing at the same urinal yeah. as me, and I'm like, "Hey, hey, Jamie." <laughs> Yeah, I costed like, him out at the front of a hotel or something. <laughs> yeah, really. See, this is why Todd McFarlane is great and why, you know, he is like the freaking Paul Heyman of comics there. He's an excellent talker and he's charismatic and he can lead people on to where you're like, yeah, hey, what happened to that movie you were working on? Um, bye. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Oh, uh, what is it? Uh, Neil Gaiman wrote that Miracle Man story in Marvel Comics number 1000. Oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, nothing ever came of it. Wow. <laughs> I wonder if Marvel's just like, yeah, we could do this Miracle Man thing, or we could just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's their thing, where it's like, yeah, we got this in our back pocket. We could make this into a big franchise. We know it has a long history and a lot of fans, but, you know, we're making Avengers money, so, you know. We don't feel like we have to. Yeah, we don't have to. 
we don't have to. But yeah, Spawn Universe, I'll check out some of this. Again, especially because, you know, they're being written by people I like. I, I want to check it out almost if just to see, like, okay, uh, how much of a good jumping on point is this for people who have maybe never read Spawn that, before or haven't be read it in decades? That the interesting thing. Is this going to be a jumping on point or is this just him just expanding what he's doing at the moment into other books? True. True. True enough. I guess we'll see about that. Also, I mean, is he still writing and drawing these two? Like, it's the Spawn... I assume he's writing the flagship title, and then everyone else takes one of the other titles. I have to... Yeah, I have to imagine. Or, yeah, every once in a while, oh, Donny Cates is doing an issue with Spawn or something. Right, right. Yeah, I guess we'll see about that. But yeah, there's there's your Spawn update, everyone. I, I will say that this is the most I've been interested in Spawn in a while now. So, hey... <laughs> yeah. For all of the other things that McFarlane does, he can he can reel him in. <laughs> he reeled me in good. Uh, what else do we got going on here? Ooh, uh, we talked a lot about DC's new projects. We talked about this new Image McFarlane project. Let's talk about something new coming from Marvel. Reptil, a new miniseries by Terry Bloss, I believe is how you pronounce it. Yes, and I don't know. Is this a new character or an old one? Yes, it's a new, new character. character. Okay, because I was like, I have no idea who this is. He's a young Hispanic boy with the power of dinosaurs, and they are really, really pushing this as, like, the hot new thing where they're like, look, we want this to be the young male Hispanic Miss Marvel. We want this to be, like, the next big young hero. And in the back of my mind, I can just see poor Sam Alexander and Rabe Reyes just crying into their eyes like, but, but us, though, but you said it was our turn. <laughs> Oh, uh, the chat saying he is an old character. Is he an old character? Really? From the superhero squad show? Seriously? Fuck okay. off. Really? I say they're making him like a proper comic character now. They're canonizing. Wow, I assumed he had to have been. Yeah, I've never a heard new of him character. before or anything. Yeah, I've, I thought, oh, is this I've, a new mutant or something? Okay, I didn't read much Avengers Academy. Well, I'm glad you're here, chat, to correct us. Yeah, okay. Really? Really? Okay, well, okay, then... Then I guess he's not brand new. Then I guess he has a little bit of cash in. Clearly, with how quickly the fans stepped in here, some people remember him. <laughs> it's a four-issue arc, and I guess they're really hoping that he's going to break on through as their uh, next new young hero, who I'm sure if gets accepted, they'll be able to make movies and TV shows and everything else about. Yeah, now, was the character called Reptile? Because I'm, I'm looking at the cover now. And it looks like the E's just been like taken out just because of the way the text is like off-centered. And it's really annoying me. <laughs> yeah, I, I assumed it was like reptile, like reptile. Yeah, no, well, I think like, like, was he called reptile? And then like the Mortal Kombat people stepped in. And <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, we'll remove the E. <laughs> We're calling yeah. reptile. Yeah, not, 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 not on my uh, watch. As Tevi in the chat brings up, yeah, is this going to be connected to Outlawed? Which, again, technically teen heroes are still Outlawed and illegal in the Marvel Universe right now, but it just doesn't come up that much. Is that New Warriors book still happening? No, yeah, in like fact... Snowflake and all that. Wasn't that meant to spin out of uh, Outlawed? Uh, yeah, that was meant to be a tie-in. In fact, it seemed to be an important tie-in to actually yeah. explain the motivation of the new wars. But no, they just quietly let that die and hoped you would forget, uh, and everyone seemed to forget. I think the Power Pack one came out, I think. I, I, I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to Outlaw. I think it The shame is, and we'll talk about this in what we read this week, is that it's still actually a pretty good story. It's just a story where everything outside went totally fucking wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, as Dark Ballisti is saying there, I just want to know if that new Warriors book was meant was to be obvious. satirical it or was not. Absolutely obvious it was meant to be satirical. Oh absolutely. yeah, like it was. Oh, it was definitely a joke, but it's like, yo, but who's the joke on? Oh, the Power Pack one is still coming out apparently. Okay. okay. Again, fuck the Outlaw's gonna be done soon. <laughs> like I think, I think there's only two more issues, and then it's done. And in fact, oh man, they. They really, they really did a thing because they're actually putting a backup story. I think in like issue six, which is the penultimate issue, for the next run that's starting. So already they're assuming you're done with this run and this rider. Where it's like, here's the next one you can get excited for. <laughs> Christ, if I was evaluing, I would be so disappointed that that was the thing. Where it's like, hey, so we're already <laughs> putting a story from your replacement in here. <laughs> but yeah, so there's reptile. Or reptil, whatever you want to say. Again, we until they make the cartoon, or until I see the cartoon, I won't know how to properly <laughs> pronounce it. This this looks interesting. This definitely looks like, hey, what do little kids like? They like dinosaurs. What if there was a superhero who was all dinosaurs and could relate to them? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a cool looking design. Yeah, it's not a bad looking design at all. Again, you know, dinosaurs are cool. Young heroes are really hitting right now. As we've seen, as you know, we're probably probably the next big thing all these different Marvel shows and movies are building up to is a Young Avengers. Yep. So why not start making more? We can have this kid. We can have Codex Dylan, Eddie Brock's son. We yep. can have RJ from that Winter Soldier book, if anyone fucking remembers that character. <laughs> Boy, that character would have been so perfect for champions, but no one remembers he exists. Only me. Only me and Kyle Higgins. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, alrighty then. So there's that news for you, everyone. I just thought this would be an interesting little bit to bring up here. Uh, what else we got going on? Ooh, Al Ewing going to be giving us the first Hulk ever in a brand new tie into his Immortal Hulk series, Time of Monsters. Yeah, this is this is quite interesting. Yeah, you'll, you'll especially have to tell me more about it because you've been reading Immortal Hulk. I guess, especially because it looked like Immortal Hulk was going to be reaching the end that they had planned for, where they're like, okay, it is, but you're also getting a couple special fill-in issues. Okay. This is interesting, too, because this story would seem to actually contradict what uh, Aaron was doing over in Avengers BC, where it's like, oh, yes, the first Avengers that ever existed, minus Hulk, because cavemen couldn't create gamma radiation. Yeah. So we have Starbrand that's kind of taking the place of a Hulk and being their big bruiser. Here, uh, Al Ewing is like, mm, well, no, actually, the first Hulk was the first person to open the green door, which we know is just as much magic as it is science. Mm -hmm. So how did that work? Who was the first person through the green door? And again, the whole metaphysical concepts that go with the green door. Cool, cool. Yeah, life and death and the devil and the one below all and everything. Also, thank you, uh, Bruno Miguel. Much appreciated for the follow. Nice. nice. But yeah, this this looks interesting, and I'm also just excited because, hey, more Hulk. Yeah, definitely. And it, yeah, that, that run's coming to a close pretty quickly, isn't it? Yes, it is. I think it's like maybe one or two more volumes until it's done. Oof. Which, it's going to be so sad to see it go, but at the same time, yo, it's good that you actually ended this on your terms and didn't, like, keep dragging it out. Exactly, yeah. And God help the next person who has to come on and that's write the, the Hulk that's after the this. problem, yeah. Like, who's going to be writing this next? Who gets to, to deal with all of this uh, next and deal with, like, just this amazing story? Well, like, what do you even do? Because basically he's a completely different character now. Yeah, yeah. Ewing has literally reinvented the wheel, and it's been madly, madly successful. Yeah. 
Well, as well, uh, we've got Heroes Reborn coming up to you. So do you think they're just going to use that as just the excuse to be like, okay, we're going to get get rid of all of this stuff and just start Hulk again like Maybe. we're starting every other hero again? Yeah, they will need to find some reason to start him back to normal and just be Hulk smash and the regular stuff and not yeah. have it be a Lovecraftian horror, psychological horror story. Yeah, which again is like interesting, but then as well as like yeah. Al Ewing, like again, painted them into a corner do, to do that sort of stuff. So the reboot would have to have happened. But, you know, and I have hope, too, because, I mean, here's the thing. The last three major Hulk runs have all been big reimaginings of him mm-hmm. from Mark Wade being like, what if he traveled through time and worked through uh, worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything? Oh, that's pretty cool. To uh, what is it? Jerry Duggan there who's like, you know, what if uh, what is it? What if one of his more evil personalities took over and he started depowering other Hulk people? That's yep. pretty good. Yeah. And now this one to be like, what if it was a fucking horror story? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's definitely places they could go with it. Mm-hmm. I guess, well, yeah, well, after all that, I guess you kind of have to go back to, oh, uh, this is Hero Hulk. Yeah, that that's really the only thing you could do, and here's hope someone has a good pitch for that. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's going to be like, well, this is boring now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. That's the biggest problem. Honestly, and they'll never do it, because he's in the movies and he's in everything else. You know what you could really do for the Hulk? Don't do anything for a while. Like, let him sleep. I think they could do that because Marvel, remember, Marvel Studios don't technically own the rights to Hulk. They don't. It's still a universal thing. I could see them doing that. Yeah, just let him let him sleep for a bit. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Leave it, leave it alone. That's what I would do, but you know, that's just me. Uh, then after that, we got some Star Wars news, Matt. Some big Star Wars comic news involving the Fet Man himself. Yes, the the first big proper uh lion-wide event star wars it's so weird having star star wars having events i know it feels weird right it feels weird on the tongue a star wars crossover event (laughs) Mm. doesn't feel right (laughs) so what do we know about uh the war of the bounty hunters uh what do we know we know uh charles soul is headlining it uh with with all of the writers for every single uh star wars comics so him greg pack Alyssa wong um aruka ethan Sachs are all coming together to tell the story of uh boba fett and him delivering uh han solo the carbonite han solo to jabba the hut and of course mm. much like in the old eu it didn't go i was right. gonna say it didn't go right for for boba and and people came for him and um i think uh, Charles even hinted at when we first start the story, Boba Fett doesn't even have Han Solo anymore. <laughs> Someone else has him. Yeah, I was going to say, this setup, doesn't this sound very familiar, uh, like very similar to a very popular EU story that I do actually remember reading that also involved Boba Fett fighting all the bounty hunters? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's cool, where they're like, look, we, we know we well, did you this can't story. can't do anything else because that's exactly no. that's how it would go. That is exactly yeah. how it would play out. I appreciate them being like, look, we know we kind of did this once before, but it was pretty dope, and here's hoping we can do it even doper. Yeah. Or at least be as good. But yeah, so this uh, this looks interesting. Again, I, I always look over at the Star Wars books, and I'm like, man, those look fun. If I didn't have fun. as many... Yeah, if I didn't have as many superhero books, I'd probably read some of these. They are really damn good. I, I look forward to you telling me about <laughs> these, and me yeah. going, that sounds cool. Yeah, and it's, it's really... It, 
they're going all out for it because like all the books all the books that are pictured here and thing are all preludes and then you've got the i think it's a five issue series called war of the bounty hunters right and then of and then uh uh epilogues which are again all of these books as well nice so it's like a pretty big it's not just one or two issues like screaming citadel and all those other past events where this is a proper down yeah vader down proper uh tie-in big event looks good yeah yeah i appreciate it i'm uh, i'm here for it definitely yeah and uh with that everyone that's all the news for this week it is yeah yeah, so we can hop into what we read this week again. Matt said he's been buried, and that's a shame. I think I got a little bit more read this week, but again, I feel like I can't ever keep up on any of it. Yeah, I still read quite a fair bit, but um, yeah, I just haven't had time to post videos. I, I read six, maybe seven altogether is what I read, which I think probably is what about, I read last week too. Yeah, it's probably about what I read as well. Yeah, so I'm getting about seven done a week. Which, again, I feel like, should I push myself harder to get more of these done? And then I'm like, oh, but there's only so many hours in a day that I yeah. would just be sitting on videos I couldn't put out. Exactly. And I'm like, well, maybe I should put them on the Patreon. I'm sure they would like that. <laughs> so uh, where would we like to start this week, Matt? Uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Ooh, uh, we had a big King and Black issue. Uh, yeah, was that this week? Yes, yes, yeah. it was actually. King, King and Black, Black number four. four. Yeah. Again, everything is freaking running together in my <laughs> mind. But yeah, this is the continuation of uh, Dylan Brock being brought into the hive and him, you know, needing to confront Null once and for all. Yeah, and um, he does say he ends up be- being the one that can actually hurt Null. Um, yeah. Everything free all the other heroes, which he ends up freeing. And all through the issue, we're getting a voice in his head. We don't mm. know who it is, but they've got a plan. It involves freeing specific heroes. Uh, like Cyclops, mm-hmm. uh, Sue Storm, Doctor Strange, and everything. Uh, Doctor Strange who uses his wand, uh, which again is referenced in this week's Thor as well. Yes, it was, um, and, and it's referenced in the Black Cat uh, tie-in as well because that's like one of the items she uh, steals. Um, and yeah, he he ends up becoming. Is there an actual name for that wand? Uh, I know he becomes like the Norse god of magic. Yeah, like I never an read that Norse god thing. Yeah. See, I never actually read that run from Donny Cates, so I was super fucking confused when that <laughs> happened and had to have people tell me. I'm like, I, can he do that? Can Doctor yeah. Strange turn Ultra Instinct Super Doctor Strange? Yeah, I remember him getting it because it's like a piece of Yggdrasil that he uses as Guardian oh. Magic, uh, hence why Donald Blake went after him as well. Um, yeah, he ends up using that and they end up all teaming up and, and pushing Null and all that into the middle of the city where Namor then, then floods the entire city and uh and Thor and Storm unleash all their lightning and it's very cool very cool. very smart plan yeah and we learned that plan is from Jean Grey yeah I, I loved the build in that where it's like well who's this voice talking to Dylan you know he's had bad luck listening to voices in his head maybe he shouldn't trust this person oh it was just Jean I thought it might have been I was like oh this this could be like is this Venom is this Venom? Yeah, is, Ven- really. is Venom going to end up becoming uh, Dylan's now? And it's like, oh, the 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 chat the the like dialogue box is white. Venom's is like black with white borders. And mm. uh, oh, it's Jean Grey. Oh, that's cool. Is it his mother Annie who's yeah. referenced but not seen? But yeah, it was Jean, which I appreciate too. And oh, look, the mutants actually came back to help. They didn't just fuck back <laughs> off to their island. Yeah, they didn't bugger off. 
They thought about it, though. They thought long and yeah. hard about fucking back <laughs> off to their <laughs> island and leaving everyone to die. I love that's the thing where it's like, look, we're not totally villains yet, but like we're having real conversations about just leaving you humans to handle <laughs> your human shit. Uh, but yeah, that uh, that's super cool. And then you know when we eventually head into the end game of the book, we learn a little bit more about you know the light, Null's polar opposite. You know this thing that's been fighting him basically since the dawn of time. Yeah, and it, it manifested itself as a uh, an army, or like it it it, uh, it imbued its power into an army, but found out that the army was stretched would stretch its mm. power too thin. So then it chose one single person to imbue that entire. Uh, power and we learn that power is captain universe and the enigma force yeah. which i love that kate's actually brought back instead of creating something new yep. reinvented something we knew before yeah i thought that was really clever also too i'm glad it wasn't the phoenix force because when gene was doing the talk i'm like if this turns out to be the fucking phoenix force i'm gonna be so pissed off well it makes sense it's not because phoenix force is being used by jason aaron and his avengers book at the moment which is exactly why I'm like, no, it can't be. It can't be the Phoenix Force. <laughs> also fun, too, because Spider-Man became Captain Universe yeah. one time, and when it comes time for the Enigma Force to pick another champion, it picks the dead and dying Eddie Brock, turning him into the new Captain Universe. Yeah. And if this ends up being his new status quo going forward, where he's not Venom, he's Captain Universe, that'd be so fucking cool. That would be, and it would also give Donnie Cates an excuse to go back to space and also be mm -hmm. like, hey, we said we were done writing Venom, but everyone's like, oh, that's really early. Yeah, but we're not done writing Eddie Brock yeah, yet. Yeah, we're writing Captain Universe now. <laughs> also leaves the door open if they ever wanted to resurrect Flash and be like, okay, you're Agent Venom again. Yeah, and they could actually, they could probably give him, they could either give him Venom or they give Venom to Dylan. Yeah, Kid Dylan. Yeah. Kid, uh, Kid Venom Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Codex. Big long name. <laughs> hey Dylan, now you can go hang out with the champions too, and they can have a resident venom. <laughs> hey everyone, look at my big gross tongue. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I used to eat brains, but not anymore. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a good boy now. <laughs> but yeah, King in Black is cool. I like it. Waste no time. It's all there's been no dead air, just a lot of meat. No, no fat, no gristle. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all been it's it's a spectacle, not for the sake of spectacle. The, mm. it's there's a reason all behind it all it's just all great and actually feels like it's going to reach like a actually satisfying conclusion yeah yeah which i really appreciate and again in a venom story no less mm -hmm. it's like this shouldn't work as good as it is but it does yeah again donny cates did did wonders that's why like uh taking it back to spawn i'm excited to see what he does for spawn because he could make it Same. interesting and like compelling <laughs> absolutely again if he can make venom compelling there's nothing that says he can't make you know another 90s relic compelling yeah uh what else was this week too oh future state the next batman number four the finale quote unquote even though we're so not done with jace yet the finale lead into his second son book yeah 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 this this one i thought again you know from a philosophical standpoint, actually had some rather interesting things to say about Batman and justice and policing yeah. and, you know, what is right and what is wrong. And I think, you know, those are the things that made this Batman story the strongest. Yeah, I, again, I like that this Batman sees his, uh, I, I would just call them missions through. He doesn't yeah. just leave the criminals tied up on a fucking rooftop somewhere. He delivers them to the cops and gives them yeah. over to the cops and everything. 
he even says, hey, you know, you surrendered to me, which means your lives are in my hand, and mm-hmm. I take that very, very seriously. Yep. And even though you're murderers, I am going to make certain that, you know, justice is served right and properly, and you're not just going to get shot in the street. Yep. Which, again, you know, there's really something about that. You know, what happens to heroism and vigilante justice in a place and time as oppressive as the future state? Mm-hmm. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot to chew on in that story. And even, you know, when Jace does the right thing, doesn't work out for him. He ends up getting shot for his trouble. One of the people he's trying to transport ends up dead. Mm-hmm. At the end of it all, his own family is fucking mean to him. Yeah, yeah. He en- he ends up having a uh, a confrontation while he's Batman with with his mother, Tanya. And that yes, ends, oh that my ends God. up with him wounding her. I kind of wish we'd gotten more of that, though. Like her actually having a confrontation with Batman. Yeah. Instead of him just immediately ending it with a battering. Again, I I think it's a promise of more things to come, but also like, yo, what kind of person is Jace? A guy who believes in complete justice so much he's willing to throw a shuriken at his own goddamn mother. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Also, too, what does it say about his mother at that time, too, that she was ready to bust a cap in this motherfucking guy dressed as Batman not knowing it's her son? And there's also the, the interesting factor that him doing that as well kind of bolstered her her beliefs hatred in this, in this and hatred in in the uh that shoot on site bill and everything so it's like absolutely kind of a lose-lose for him he he won the battle but not the war yeah. and even then there's a moment where he's sitting in the hospital room and he's trying to comfort her and you feel like he wants to tell her the truth <laughs> but then she's just like oh i'm so glad that you know i survived my running with that dirty fucking superhero don't worry we'll kill them all jace kill them all soon <laughs> okay mom thanks love you <laughs> And even Luke is, like, a big dick to him in this one, too. It's like, oh, here he is, late, sweaty. You know, what are you doing? Drinking, doing drugs? Where it's like, man, cut him him some slack. (laughs) Just doing the superhero thing that you don't do anymore. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I do like that Luke in, like, you know, all his wisdom and everything is batwing and everything. He can't Mm -hmm. see that his brother isn't is doing something else Mm -hmm. like he can't see the signs he knows his brother too well like oh of course it's got to be drugs or something it's not he's yeah not because he's you know out fighting crime as batman (laughs) yeah there's really something about that that jace's cover is that his family thinks that he's too self-centered and too selfish to go and be a hero and (laughs) that ultimately is his shield in the same way everyone thinks bruce wayne is like a stupid drunk billionaire yeah yeah and where it's like he wants his family to treat him different, but if he did better and if his family treated him differently, they may find out his secret. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very interesting dynamic and a hell of an inverse from, you know, Bruce Wayne who, like, lost his parents and built a surrogate family. <laughs> Jace has his family. His family's alive. They're just dysfunctional and don't like him. <laughs> It's a hell of a thing, and yet he still goes out and fights crime anyway. And I'm like, yeah, you know what, Ridley, you sold me on this, why this should be a thing, because it is both, you know, very reminiscent of Batman, but totally different at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. His second son book sounds like it's going to be really interesting. It's picking up all the threads left over mm-hmm. from this. They We also get another taste of Jace's backstory, but are never told it in completion. <laughs> we see that he may have hit someone at some point yeah. while driving his car. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we got a and, hint of that, I think, in issue two as well. We yeah. saw, like, a flashback of that guy as well that he apparently hit or right. did something to or something. Right, and that, you know, weighs heavy on his mind some, you know, great sin from his past. Who was that person? Why did that happen? I don't know. Yeah. 
but yeah, so that was good. I, I I liked that Batman book. I like Jace. I like what Ridley's doing here. Ridley is quickly becoming one of my favorite DC writers between this and between his other history of the DC universe. Yeah, yeah, his 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 other history is so damn good. Very again, so man. I, I I I read that uh, <clears throat> what is it, Bumblebee Guardian one, yep. and I just kind of had to sit there for a bit. I'm like, God damn, there's a lot going on in this. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Where he's like, hey, let's tell a story about racism, but not, like, in-your-face racism. Let us tell a story about the subtle, more insidious racism that keeps the Teen Titans from inviting their two black friends to anything. Yep. (laughs) And where it's like, well, what did they do to defeat it? What did they do to overcome? They didn't. They just lived with it until they got old and died. Like, a lot of people have. Fuck. Yeah. I got a really shitty comment from a person I had to ban there where it's like, oh, you know, why do they have to keep talking about racism? It's only going to make it worse. Oh, wow. (laughs) What? Wow. That is what you have to, that is what you have to say to a black creator who is, you know, pouring his creative soul out on the page right now and clearly working through some things. I wish they'd stop talking about it. That just makes things worse. Well, that isn't just the whitest, most privileged thing I've ever heard. (laughs) The problem with racism is not that, you know, I'm being racist and that bad things are happening. It's that you keep talking about it. Well, shit, by that logic, if I ran you over with my car, look, just stop talking about that I'm running you over with my car. You're just making it worse. (laughs) That's total victim blaming is what that is. But this guy didn't think that there was any problem with it. He thought that he was actually making, like, a very poignant, very, like, you know, educated statement. Nah, man. That's a get you slap statement is what that is. But I get less of those shitty comments on my videos these days, so I feel happy same. about that. Yeah, same. Um, did you read any of the backups in this Batman one? Uh, where were the backups in this one? Uh, there was the Cassandra Kane Batgirl's Prison Break one. I flicked through it, but I didn't actually read that one, it because, again, I was on a time one, crunch. That one was pretty good. Again, it was just sort of reaffirming. Uh, about girl and stephanie's relationship as mm. bat girls and all the trauma and stuff they've gone through but the one i really liked was the uh the harley quinn birds of prey poison ivy dd story because oh, yeah it, it got super fucked up yeah yeah they team up with a robot who's like a domestic droid who joins that, it's, their team it's dd from uh batman beyond it's their new oh. version of 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 dd Right, who's not a clown robot, or is not like two clown twins, but is a robot. Uh, yeah, a, a real doll robot, as we learn this domestic episode. droid. Um, and we learn it's like extra fucked up because the guy who created her put uh the uh memories of a dead teenage girl in her mind, um, oh. to sort of to populate her mind, um, and then basically abused the fuck out of her and used her as like a real doll it's implied that it, she was used for nefarious purposes right of course kind of we, like, we like this guy was like a jeffrey epstein like learn, learning her out to friends and everything Ugh. yeah 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 that sounds about right but also sounds like the sort of stuff that you know gotham city sirens birds of prey would you oh, know yeah. deal with in it, their stories. it tackled it head on and like in a really fantastic way and she Dee Dee ends up sacrificing herself at the end for the other two to escape, and she she lives on in like uh, like uh, Slam Bradley's uh, speakeasy because they Aww. they rename it after her and everything. And Poison Ivy owns the bar now. I do like that they brought back Slam Bradley, the yeah. original detective of Detective Comics. Every time that uh, guy shows up, I always like it. Yeah, yeah, that's some good shit. Uh, what else was this week? Uh, oh, we had a Superman future state too. We did. We had Worlds of War issue two. 
yeah, what a what a nice story that really bucked a trend of what I thought this was going to be by the cover. This, again, this this final issue kind of cemented that Philip uh, Kennedy Johnston is going to be a great Superman writer. Agreed. The guy's got big ideas. He understands the world and the character. And more than anything, what I liked about Worlds of War is that this is a story that creatively had its cake and ate it too. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, let's send Superman to War World to do some fighting. Well, isn't that like a thing we've seen a hundred times? And also, he's Superman. Why doesn't he just fly away? Okay, you get that, but that's not the story. The story is actually, you know, this girl who we met in the previous issue telling someone else, you know, her favorite, you know, article that Clark Kent ever wrote. And Clark Kent talks about a person who he personally thought was a hero and you have this amazing like circle of inspiration where this girl is inspired to do good because of Clark Kent. Clark Kent is an alien who is inspired by the heroics of humanity and it's just like this, you know, goodwill passing itself on over and over. Yeah, it's a it's a hopeful Ouroboros. Yeah, exactly, a hopeful Ouroboros. Yeah, you know, what's the opposite? Like an Ouroboros is bad. What's a good thing that eats its own tail? <laughs> The positivity Ouroboros. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck, if we ever make shirts again, we need to do that. The comic multiverse. The positivity Ouroboros. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, you get to see Superman fight and fuck up a bunch of aliens while you hear this really sweet, life-affirming story of this guy who gave up a musical career to fight in World War II and came back and fought for civil rights, even though, you know, he got beaten up and thrown in jail. And, you know, he lived his last days, you know, on the frickin' street, because, you know, he had donated everything he ever owned, but he made sure that uh, his kid was honored with a scholarship that's still around to this day. Yeah, yeah, he just kept doing the good things, being a good person, and that's what Clark strives towards, to be every day. Yeah, which again is Clark saying, you know, I'm not special because what I do, I see this every day, it's just, you know, the people who do this, they don't fly, and they don't get statues built of them. Yeah. Which I'm like, wow, that's so nice that, you know, what makes Superman great isn't, you know, just because he is a nice guy, but because he sees the good in humanity and wants to be as good as the planet that raised him. That, you know, again, yeah. it's that shit from the movie. There are good people, Kal-El. They want to be. They just need someone to show them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it ends, you know, with uh, the girl finding the rocket, too, which they say is going to be continued in House of L, but I don't mm. know if it actually is or isn't. I'm pretty sure it is. Because that, that's I guess just we'll, by the same writer, he's continuing that, that Generations sort of story. But isn't House of L, like, way in the future? Yeah, well, no, it's conti- it's showing, like, Superman, it's continuing this this story of, like, showing Superman's effect on people. Right, okay. And then through well, the I Generations. I can dig it. Yeah. Yeah, Worlds of War is very cool. The cover is super misleading, but I love that it's super misleading. <laughs> I li- no, well, yeah, I like that. Like he, you think he's going to be fighting on Warlord, but he never really does because he, he never he never kills anyone on it. He all he does is break their chains. Yes, which is something that Mongol doesn't want happening. No, no, it's very gladiator in that regard, too, where Superman's like, no, I'm going to keep fighting and keep inspiring people on War World because they need me, and eventually, you know, they're going to rise up and overthrow you, and they'll really be free, and that's why I refuse to leave. Yeah. Which, again, excellent Superman shit. Excellent. Very good stuff. I like that one a lot. Worlds of War was super cool, and again, despite being Future State, it could have happened at any time, really. Exactly, yeah. So, again, I think this story will actually maintain in that regard, because it doesn't matter that it's in the future state. It could have happened at any time. Yeah, yeah. 
and it's still just as good. Yeah. Yeah, that's some good shit. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, well, we talked about it a little bit before, but I had Thor issue 12. Yes, again, Donny Cates continuing to fucking kill it in this Thor book and taking us in directions that I was not expecting and giving the spotlight to characters who have maybe never had it. Yes, and, and this issue was all about Throg. Yes, the frog Thor, everyone, who, again, I blew people's minds when I'm like, yeah, you know his name is Walter Simonson, right? He was yeah, a like, football player. Like Walt Simonson. Yeah, get it? That was a joke even back then. But, man, this silly joke character apparently can kick some fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, I like how they, how they teased him at the end of last issue, how he was just beating, beating Donald around his his, um, his, uh, his swamp, saying he's, yep. he's hunting him. And, and here it was no different. It was great. It was great seeing him get swallowed by, by Donald, and he just, like, bursts out of his mouth, and blows oh. over his teeth and everything. It's, oh, it's great. I, that fight is super creative because it's yeah. like, oh, Donald Blake, he's teleporting with the Rainbow Bridge. Oh, but Lockjaw's helping Throg teleport. <laughs> oh, it's dueling teleportation. They're fighting all over the Marvel Universe. And also, too, is Throg stronger than everyone else on Asgard now? I think he is because Blake beat up all of Asgard, but he couldn't beat up Throg. <laughs> yeah. Is the idea that he was underestimating Throg or is so. the idea that Throg is just that good or maybe both? I, th I think it it's probably a little bit of both but yeah i think donald was a little bit arrogant I think it's, oh, it's a fucking frog like what what's a frog gonna do against me and to have this idea to be like yeah throg has been like a thor for a very long time yeah. and has lived this like you don't get to live that long in he's the marvel universe <laughs> yeah without being kind of a badass and as he shows he's kind of a badass yeah I, I love his idea too where it's like well you keep swinging those weapons at me i know i'll break your arms <laughs> And then when they finally knock him out, they're like, well, what do we do now? Thor is gone. Friggin' everyone in Asgard is beaten up. He's gonna wake up in a minute and be pissed off, so what do we do? I know, we'll take him to go see Doctor Strange. Which is a great bit of a fake-out, because they're like, we'll take him to a doctor. And you think, oh, well, he's gonna take him to Jane Foster, who's still dealing with the fact that, you know, Donald Blake came back and almost killed her, but decided not to. And then she just happens to be walking by the Sanctum well, Sanctorum when he wakes up. Well, I think, well, she she just she just learned last issue that uh, Roger Norvell had been killed. Yeah, and that he's I killing th and people. It's, like, her, it sounded like she want, she was going to go see Doctor Strange anyway. To, anyway, to, yeah. to sort of figure out what the hell is wrong with Donald, because she thought... Because they had met each other possibly, in the Valkyrie book. Yeah, it can't possibly be Donald. Like, it has to be someone magical or something, so I'll go mm. to Doctor Strange. Yeah, and yeah, uh, Donald obviously, like, off-panel, woke up in the Sanctum and just lit it on fire. <laughs> and again, nice bit of Donny Cates for referencing his own continuity. Hey, when Loki became Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Strange became God of Magic, so he too has a little Odin magic in him. Yeah, he, or oh, he has the source, which is uh, Yggdrasil, as we learn out. Right. Uh, which is why uh, Donald stops going after the Odin Force users and people like Valkyrie and all that uh, to go to the source, which is Yggdrasil, which he ends up starting to cut down. With his axe there, Yarbjorn, he cuts it down like a fucking coked-up lumberjack. Yeah, and it drips down onto Thor, and he's covered in the sap of it. Yeah, all the way in his hell dimension. I'm sure that will do something. Yeah. <laughs> and then, too, where it's like, man, who's uh, who, who's going to solve this problem? Everything's really spiraling out of control, and Jane goes to a dingy alien bar, and we find Odin, who's all, like, fat, wearing a wife beater with a wallet <laughs> chain. Yeah, he's drunk, he's in retirement, and, again, this makes total sense, uh, 
mainly because uh and we've had hints of this throughout the whole book I've, i like went back and saw some stuff like thor hasn't been able to commune with his father like he should be able no. to uh like he can with like other kings and everything and he doesn't understand why he thinks his father's ignoring him and everything it's like no he's it's just because he's still alive yeah well my theory was because again at the end of the jason aaron war around things they seek to imply that odin had like asgardian alzheimer's basically mm-hmm. that yeah. he was forgetting shit and i'm like oh he can't talk to his dad because his dad is like lost his mind they sent him off to the old vikings home. no he's fine he's just a drunk asshole <laughs> he's just pretending just trying to get rid of all his uh all his uh problems <laughs> yeah really no no Th- man if that's his reason not nah, thor i just pretended to be losing my mind to get your mom off my ass i'd love it i'd love it <laughs> Yeah, Freya was really, really on my goddamn case. The Phoenix Force is bringing up old shit now. (laughs) I've been reading Avengers, but apparently that's like the new big twist there where the Phoenix Force says that uh, Thor might be her son. Yeah, again, it's probably a fake out to try and like convince Thor to be her host and whatnot. But yeah, Uh, yeah, that's where that, that book is at. Yeah, it, it's you're right. It probably is a fake out, but also too, I wonder where that shit exists in Aaron's head canon. Because Aaron, because Aaron was like, "Oh yeah, the hammer's alive. There's a sentient storm in it, and the storm is actually the polar opposite of the Phoenix Force." So I'm like, eh, "Where are you going with this?" Yeah, yeah. I, he's, he's probably got something really interesting uh, up his sleeve for it. Where it's like, yeah, I, I dropped off Avengers because it wasn't really giving me what I wanted, but I do actually kind of want to see where that story goes because it's about Thor, and Aaron still probably wrote, like, one of the best eras on the hey, book. Hey, this, this Enter the Phoenix story has been pretty damn good. Has it? Yeah, has it's just it? been, like, like people, like, getting the, the Phoenix Force and, like, fighting each other. It's just mm. schlock, and it's great. It doesn't pretend to be anything it's not. That's that's the feeling I'm getting. You you and Professor Thorgy would probably agree with that, where it's like, yes, you know, Aaron's Avengers, it is schlock, it is fan fiction, it is anime. That's the headspace you need to put yourself in to really enjoy it. Yeah. If you're looking for Bendis' new Avengers, if you're looking for Hickman, this ain't it. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all right, right on. But uh, yeah, so that uh, was uh, Thor. And uh, yeah, this, uh, this book is great under Donny Cates. Again talk about someone who you didn't think would be able to fill the shoes of the guy before him but he's doing it he's yeah he's, he's doing it in spades yeah and my question too is like okay where do you go after this so you, arc one he kills galactus arc two donald blake comes back you make him a crazy serial killer villain <laughs> what are you doing for an encore what are you doing for part three i have no idea eh? like he hasn't really as well like <laughs> I, I, I am really surprised he hasn't tied it in with, like, his Null stuff. Like, there was kind of, like, Jason Aaron did some of the stuff with, like, the All Black yeah. and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But Donnie, like, has largely kept his King in Black stuff and Thor stuff separate, which is really surprising. Agreed. Thanks, Preachers. I mean, I guess the end game for Kate's Thor book is, like, yeah, he has to fight uh, Thanos and the end of the universe from the Thanos win story. Yeah, well, we just had Thanos come back in Eternals that's true true we did yeah maybe something with the infinity stones there's definitely places they could go with it Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i guess that story betrays that too yeah the infinity stones become stones again by the end of this yeah somehow at some point in the far off future maybe that's the thing maybe thor will have a story with all those new fucking infinity stone characters they invented maybe (laughs) yeah infinite destinies is our thor story (laughs) there you go hammer destinies i don't know we'll make it work (laughs) 
we'll fit it together. What's what's the ancient Norse word for destiny? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Neither do I. We'll figure it out. But yeah, Thor continues to be super, super cool. Yeah. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had Iron Man issue six. Right. Apparently this uh, really takes a major turn for the Cantwell era. Apparently this is like him really signing his work. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so last issue, uh, Tony was paralyzed from the neck down by Korvac. Uh-oh. That um, seems like might yeah, be a problem. Yeah, 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 just a little bit. Um, so he can't move or anything, so uh, Patsy has to help him. And it's actually quite cool. She has to put him in, like, a uh, like a laundromat cart to, like, wheel him out <laughs> into the road to, like, so they can hail a cab. Because they can't tell anyone, because if, if Korvac finds out the Avengers know, he'll kill uh, Rhodey, because he's got Rhodey kidnapped. Um, so they have to do everything sort of like off, off book and everything. And it's, it's just a funny paddle where he's like sitting on the side of the street and the, and the, the cart drops off the curb. And because <laughs> he's in, in serious pain, it like causes him more pain. Amazing. Um, so they end up, uh, re-teaming up with the little D team, D list team he put together with Misty Knight, Scarlet Spider and Frogman and, and, uh, Gargoyle, all who survived, uh, being blown up last issue thanks to gargoyle using his life force to like protect them and everything that makes sense um uh, and on that team is halcyon which is a new mutant that christopher campbell made who who can oh. keep his heart rate at 70 beats per minute no matter what and there's still no explanation of like how that's a good power or anything i, I don't <laughs> think it's sh- meant I'm, to be i think it's just like, i mean i'm sh- i'm sure mutation. he's building up to it because yeah. why would you create such a very specific power yeah. if you weren't going to create a very specific <laughs> instance where it can help um but but his deal is that he's a uh technician like a mechanic and he he helps uh bolster tony's armor so that it basically keeps his head on and keeps his neck from like breaking more i i love this idea of bringing tony stark so low a guy who's so proud and everything to have him literally dragged the dirt yeah and um uh the the big thing this issue is is tony dealing with like because he's got to go through surgery and stuff he's got to be medicated and Uh, he knows well i'm an addict is this like this is going to be a problem for me but i have to do all addicts have to think of die yeah, and uh, it's a there's great callbacks to like uh, Demon in the Bottle where he reminds himself, is this the drink or is this the dream? And mm. he's got to remind himself which is reality and which is not because of the drugs. And and Patsy's going through something similar as well because callback is in her mind, like fucking with her mm. and trying to convince her that his uh, goal of getting on Galactus's ship and getting like the power cosmic to reshape the galaxy is going to be a good thing and whatnot. And um. Yeah, he heads off to Tartu, which Galaxus's world ship, to go and get that power, and Tony's got to go after him. And uh, Rhodey ends up escaping from his his uh, capture and ends up uh, being hunted by guardsmen, uh, the old old villain guardsmen. It's, it's a fant- fantastic piece because it's after Tony's had his surgery, and there's this great panel where Tony just says he's done. You know, Korvac thinks he's a god, but I'm Iron Man. I'm going to stop yeah, I him. I saw that. That's um, a really good panel guardsman comes in and he realizes that the whole team survived whereas Korvac thinks they all died so he's like oh everyone's still alive oh fantastic and tony just hits him through the building and knocks him out <laughs> just in one punch and yeah they're, go- they're gonna Fine. go off into space now and uh follow follow after uh Korvac and stop him this book sounds like it has a really interesting balance between like 
cosmic outer spacey craziness, but also down and dirty, like, human drama. Well, that's the thing. Like, the book started off with just, like, Tony being, like, you know, following on from all that stuff Dan Slott and everything did where he lost his company and everything. And Mm. Tony, like, dealing with the fact that everyone hates him because he's a rich asshole and Mm. him trying to, like, change himself and being a little bit depressed. And then it took, like, a shit for us. Like, oh, this character is actually Korvac and he's trying to take galaxus's power and everything i'm like oh you balance that really well it, it, this would have been like a shit fight had it been somewhere else but christopher cantwell balances it so well you uh you do a very good job selling it. i may have to sit down and read this at some point because again I, I don't like not i don't like not reading iron man but it's just so many of the iron man runs have been so boring but this actually sounds very interesting it's great as well because like tony gets a lot of play in it but then also like he's doing a lot of stuff with patsy walker at the moment and like building on like all her stuff with like oh she like committed suicide because she was like married to the devil and uh, mm. damon hellstrom and all this sort of stuff and it's like really fucked with her mind and everything and it's kind of like her sort of being tony's parallel a little bit where yeah. they're both sort of fucked up but for different reasons I do very much appreciate too using you know D and C list characters yeah, to build your story Man and and Scarlet Spider and Gargoyle and I'm down yeah Again, you know anything that gives those characters some time I fully support yeah uh, I had two more this week I had Nightwing number two oh I haven't read this one yet this is good this is good because it's surprisingly upbeat and leave it to andrew constant the writer here to actually find some joy and levity in the dark fucked up apocalypse the first issue was really good it was and it continues to be good it's uh jace the next batman teaming up with nightwing to Mm -hmm. fight the magistrate Mm -hmm. and you know again it's that great batman and robin dynamic only now it's shifted to where nightwing is the grizzled old vet yeah batman is the young you know impressive uh yeah impressionable yeah young impressionable youth you know who's running in a little hot-headed and everything i'm like oh this is a fun little switcheroo cool and much like, you know, how Dick always did, Jason's like, hey, you know, you got to learn to trust people again. It's not your fault what happened to Bruce. You know, Batgirl and the Resistance, they really want to help you. You should let them help you. And, yeah, they learn from each other, and it's just very nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We also learn in this issue how the Magistrate has been controlling the media. Oh, and how's that? Uh, they have their own Fox News affiliate called J-A-K-L. Get it, Jack L? <laughs> Because they're jackals, they're news jackals, and they're jackoffs. It's very funny. Oh, that's great. And they literally come to film the arrest of Nightwing. And he's like, well, why are they filming it now? They're not live, are they? No, they're filming it now so they can edit it later and air my arrest as if it was live. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's really fucking funny. And they tie together the story, you know, with the magistrate and the young girl that uh, Jace was trying to save. And it Mm -hmm. all just kind of works. Cool. Cool. And it's going from strength to strength, because once this is done, that Tom Taylor Nightwing run is going to be starting very soon. Yeah. So very excited for that. So yeah, Nightwing, surprisingly upbeat and surprisingly happy ending for Future State, where everything is like, you know, purposely sad and dystopian. But this one was like, nah, don't worry, Dick got his groove back. (laughs) And Jace technically joins the Resistance, I guess. Yeah, that that was like the whole thing with him in that first issue. He wanted to use the Resistance to like track this this girl yeah 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 so yeah it's good stuff i uh, i was about it awesome and i won't spoil anything else for you because you should check it out because it's good <laughs> shit yeah I'm, I'm planning on reading it tonight 
it's, it's good shit. There's lots of fun stuff attached. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Like I said, I had like one more. Uh, I had uh, Future State Catwoman issue two. Oh yeah, you've been keeping up with this uh, Rom V book. Uh, yeah, this actually ends up being like quite an important piece that like fills in the gaps from all the uh, hmm. Gotham centric stuff. You don't say. Uh, yeah, so first the first issue um, was uh, Catwoman doing a train robbery. Um, right. Uh, we learned that the uh, magistrate take all the undesirables from like Alley Town mm. and plan to take them to Whiteport for re-education, so they become <laughs> like proper citizens. Wow, because you know there's no historical equivalent yeah, to yeah. undesirables being loaded on trains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Catwoman ends up uh, breaking into the train and uh, planning on freeing the people, but she she's not alone as there's someone else on the train with her and that is talia al ghul uh who's oh un- who's shit okay under- undercover as a uh, magistrate uh like auditor uh who's like, I, uh, checking the train and making sure it's safe and everything that's so funny because i saw talia in two books this week as a member of the resistance and i'm like but that how did that this. happen that plays into this I'm like, how did I miss that? Was there a book I read? This was the book I missed, apparently. Uh, yeah, and we learned that the, the train, as well as carting two people, is carting uh, two high-value targets. One of them that uh, Catwoman frees ends up being Onomatopoeia. Oh, shit, the old Green Arrow villain? No yeah, way. Um, who ends up teaming up with Selina uh, to free the people on the train. Uh, the other prisoner ends up being Bruce Wayne, who was kidnapped mm. at the end of Dark Detective. That's right. Huh. And they they even reference that here. Um, wow. And yeah, issue two sees them uh, sort of breaking out of the train and sort of all the groups sort of coming together and meeting because uh, Talia breaks Batman out and uh, Selina broke Onomatopoeia out. And um, the, Selina and Bruce end up meeting for the first time in a long time because she thought Bruce Wayne died like everyone yeah and um so they end up uh sort of meeting and everything it's kind of it's it's really great paneling as well because um bruce needs to go with the resistance um so they can bolster the resistance and show that batman lives and um selena needs to escape with the people from alley town into outside the city and everything so uh there's this great panel where they have to separate the trains and each are on each car and the trains like pulling apart from them this is great 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 paneling on that it's great um but yeah dope. uh the book ends basically uh with the beginning of like what we see in dark detective and batman next batman which is that batman lives sign that we see everywhere and right. this is like where this came from because um huh. uh, bruce makes it look like batman blew up the train and batman was the only one who broke into the train Oh, that's interesting yeah wow who would have thought catwoman was the book that brings yeah. a bunch of stuff together yeah oh it's great it was eh, great. good for them as I know Ram V's got another Catwoman run in mm-hmm. him coming after this, so that's cool. Well, he's got a continuation of his Catwoman run. Oh, yeah, that's right. He already started it, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. I might have to look into that then. Catwoman, always underappreciated, always overlooked, but when it's good, it can be really good. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, last book I read this week was Champions, uh, oh, number nice. four, the continuation of Outlawed. <laughs> the issue three was in December. Yep. and issue four is only coming out now if there was ever a series that was more hurt by the whole covid delays and everything it's this one was it hurt by covid i would have thought it would have been like kind of finished up before that like or like a big Uh, chunk of it would have been finished around that time well they did a thing where it's like you know here's the prelude issue 
and then tie-ins, and then we're supposed to start with a new Champions that's going to continue the story. So you had that first issue, and then two months of nothing, and then a bunch of books got shifted around, and they're like, yeah, we're going to keep pushing this one back more and more. Okay. So yeah, it's only coming out now in fucking late February. Okay. Which is a shame, because it's good. You know, in the last issue, Cyclops had showed up and actually protected the kids from Cradle because Cyclops was a champion. Mm Mm-hmm. And he remembers all of that, and the kids are like, oh, great, you know, you're going to take us to Krakoa, and we're going to, you know, lay low there until the heat's down. And Cyclops is like, no, 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 actually. The Quiet Council doesn't even know I'm here. I pitched that idea, and they shot me right the fuck down. (laughs) No, I'm sorry, kids. I cannot take you there. That would start an international incident if we started harboring criminals. But good try, though, kids. Good try. Not only that, they're filthy humans. Well, one inhuman, <laughs> one mutate. Yeah. I guess Sam oh, is technically kind of inhuman on on the island. No way. Mm. <laughs> no, no, still too much bad blood there. <laughs> Riri is a human in a suit. Sam is a human with a helmet. So yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, sorry, kids. Not not to drop the race card on you, but your kind are not welcome there. <laughs> I mean, technically you are, but I mean, like you can't stay there. You can only visit. <laughs> But no, Cyclops isn't a total dick. He's like, look, I can't take you, but you can hide out on the Marauder with Kitty Pride and everything because they're technically extra-legal mutant pirates anyway hanging out in international waters, so there you go. <laughs> Everything's legal in international waters, kids. <laughs> and it's great, too, because the champions are, like, starstruck by Kitty Pride as they should be, because she was basically the proto-champion, a hip young character yeah. who hung out with all these other heroes and grew up and, you know, came into her own. Mm-hmm. And I like Evel Ewing for making that, you know, comparison. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they should like her. That's super awesome. Yeah. And uh, they help the uh, Marauder stop, like, an oil refinery that's coming under attack by Atlanteans. And they kind of learn a lesson there where Kamala's like, ah, oh, you know, I've been so paralyzed, you know, not knowing what to do and what's right because we've been branded criminals by our own government. But you X-Men, you just got right in there, even though the Atlanteans had a point and even though the oil drillers were part of the problem, but you knew they weren't supposed to die. You know, how did you do that? And, you know, Bishop and Iceman are like, eh, you know, it comes with experience and everything. You know, you just figure it out as you go along and you try and do the right thing i'm having like a really big case of deja vu because did not the x-men recently stop some sort of oil refinery mishap in the attack yeah yes i I think they did actually i swear it was the x-men or the marauders or something i I, i'm pretty sure oh no you know what it was it was that king and black tie-in for marauders but it was a slave ship that they uh, no, came no, under. No, it was before that. It was way before that. Oh, what okay. was it? I'm Are you thinking think... Avengers? Because I'm pretty sure Namor attacked a bunch of oil tankers in Avengers he, early he, on, too. Yeah. I, oh, God. I, I'm, but I'm sure it was the X-Men. I'm sure it was the X-Men who were dealing with it as well. Because, yeah, because it was Namor. Because it was tied into all that stuff with him uh, yeah, setting yeah. up, like, the Fenders of the Deep and, like, getting pissy at everyone. This, this wasn't Namor, this was a rogue Atlantean, <laughs> but same deal, basically. Uh, this, this issue is fun, too, because we actually get to check on in with the quote-unquote <coughs> villain of Outlawed. There really isn't a villain of Outlawed, which is why I think this one actually does a lot better mm-hmm. than the first two Civil War stories. Because, A, it's not about heroes fighting each other, and B, because it's not about heroes fighting each other, we don't have to make one person the bad guy. Yep. 
the villain is just a senator, and, like, he's not even, like, a mustache twirling, ah, I hate the heroes, why I want to conquer the world. No, he's just a dumb senator who thought, you know, it would score him easy political points if he scapegoated young heroes, and it did, but now it's not going away, and now it's a big problem for him, and now he's not going to be able to pass, like, new legislation for, like, a pay increase for the agents of Cradle, so they're pissed at him, and Krakoa's <laughs> pissed at him, and everyone's pissed at him. <laughs> And I'm like, well, I love that, you know, the guy who started all this is just like a sniveling little shit stain. <laughs> of course it was. Yeah, who can't do anything right, and this, like, stupid plan is completely out of his hands. And I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> that's, like, a very good read on, like, government. Like, why did this stupid law get passed? Because eh, I thought it would make me popular, and it did, but now it's bad. <laughs> Are you going to change it back? No, because that would be admitting defeat, and I can't do that. No. So yeah, that was Champions, continues to be fun and interesting, even though I think a lot of people have given up on it. I hope, if nothing else, this story reads better in trade. That sounds like it would, you would have thought they would have probably have done that. Just like, oh, we can't really really release it all at once, like, we'll just release it as a trade. <laughs> Secret boss us, yes, it's Ted Cruz, literally Ted Cruz <laughs> is the villain of Outlawed, oh my god, he is. <laughs> His hair's not as stupid, though. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, I... Well, here's the thing. It's going to be done at, like, issue seven. Issue seven, it's going to be done. So, like, it's going to be done fairly soon. Mm -hmm. Assuming there's not, like, you know, three, four months worth of delay on this. Yeah. I would just put all it together and be like, hey, a super double-stuffed issue, everyone. Yeah. To finish off the story. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. It is what it is. Uh, So, yeah, that was all I had this week. Yeah, well, that's all I had as well. All right, well, there you go, everyone. Man, in an almost two-hour episode this yeah. week, everyone. <laughs> Why is it the weeks where I swear we have nothing to talk about we end up talking the most? We overcompensate. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, we're all about overcompensating here on the Comic Multiverse <laughs> if you take nothing else away. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. I, we're happy that we can come to you on these Sunday nights, maybe make your lives a little brighter and a little happier as best we can. As always, if you're a patron, you'll be sure to get this before anyone else in audio and video form as soon as Matt can send those out to me. For everyone else, it's Wednesday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to the show ad-free over on SoundCloud when and oh, and iTunes whenever I remember to upload them. <laughs> Also, be sure to check out our sponsor for this week, Wild Bill Soda. They help us keep uh, the lights on in here. And, uh, yeah, it's basically it. You got anything else to say, Matt? Anything else? Uh, not really, no. I've got to catch up on a bunch of reviews after this. Yeah, me too. I think I should also go to bed for once because I've been <laughs> staying up way too late. It's just been fucking up my everything. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for coming, and we'll see you all again next time. Bye-bye. Bye.